But as we're thinking on this series, and we were talking about this, even yesterday in the men's group, we're, we're talking about the idea, and I'm going to ask a question right now that I'm not wanting you to answer. This is just the guiding, this is just the guiding question for our series. If you'll bring that up there, David. How does a church become an authentic, grace-filled, relevant group of Christians rather than a hypocritical, judgmental, boring, and out-of-touch collection of churchgoers? That's a, that's a big question. But I think as we've been talking and as we were sharing about this series, as we've been really, as a church, trying to figure out what it is that God has called us to do, I think sometimes we can get distracted. We can become so focused on a good service on Sunday morning that we don't focus on changed lives and people being who God has called them to be. And so that's why we kind of came up with this series. You know, today's topic is we're going to talk about what it means between being an authentic Christian versus being a hypocrite. You hear it all the time. Well, I don't go to church because there's just a bunch of hypocrites. Now, that might be true. But the issue is, usually what they mean by that is, I don't feel comfortable around people who are following the Lord, or I don't feel comfortable around people who tell me I should be following the Lord. And so the question, you know, we come down to, is it okay for us to tell people to follow the Lord? Is it okay to, to ask certain things? When does it become hypocritical versus just being authentic with one another? So that's, that's kind of our... Our guide this morning. We're in Matthew chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 23. I'm going to read the passage and I'm turning it over to Pablo, but I'm going to stand up here with the microphone or be ready for when you get ready to answer. I'm coming to you. So just throwing it out. All right. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feast and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others." And you are not to be called rabbi, for you, are not, you, have, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So now, y'all welcome Pablo. Uh, this is working, yeah. Seems like it's working. Um, when we were talking about this series and we were talking about doing this, um, I have mentioned to them before that I'm not really great speaking in public. I like to be more like behind the scenes, the guy that deals with, you know, like if there is a puppet show, I'm the one moving the puppets. <laughs> yeah, and that's the type, you know, I, I, I have a team I lead, but I lead a very purposeful uh, being behind the scenes and just kind of putting them up front. Um, and also... You know, the last two times that I did this, it didn't really go that well. The one time was uh, we were invited to, Jen and I were dating, and we were invited to um, actually have, like, a, speak to a group of, a youth group. 
So we were all prepared. We knew what we were going to say. All of a sudden, we get to the church, and it was a Spanish church, and um, we're, in a, we're taken to the big auditorium, and the whole church was there. And they put us both up front. Oh, here we go. Give us both mics. And I was like, this. Like, and she's great speaking in public, so she did a great job, and I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> so I just, you know, the other time, the other time that I, I did this was, my dad is a pastor, so, you know, he preaches every Sunday and whatever. On Saturday, he had a, a sore throat problem, and he couldn't speak. So he told me, okay, tomorrow you have to speak, because I don't have anybody else, and, you know, you're old enough, and, you know, you went through whatever, you know. So he gave me his sermon notes and his sermon, and I spent probably the rest of the day just trying to figure that out. I came up with some I thought were very interesting allegories and whatever. And, uh, you know, the next day I was ready to speak. I got up front. I spoke so fast. 15 minutes I was done. Maybe not even 15 minutes. It was like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, and didn't even know, didn't even know how to finish it. So I was like, all right, well, we're done. Music, pray. Okay, we go home. So in Spanish church, is not like that at all. In Spanish church, you drag it out for like hours. So, so this has to be a discussion because I'm not, I'm not a speaker. We have, I'm going to ask you questions that I really expect you to answer because I'm not going to stand here and give a sermon. Otherwise, we'll be done in 10 minutes if I will go home. Uh, so thinking about this too and, and thinking about leading this discussion, I was, I was, you know, the last 24 hours have been very interesting for me. Because I, I haven't really been like oozing godliness. So hypocrite, being a hypocrite, that really hits home for me. Uh, yesterday, we went to see Grace's game um, in Cleveland. And it was terrible. It was awful. They have been hit with a lot of injuries. So the girls were really even, you know, it was very hard to watch and, and all that. And I did something that I know that is very hypocritical. You know, I went, I had Grace, yeah, she cried, we talked and whatever. And then... I went to the coach. And, you know, I have coached for, like, the last six, seven years. And, and, and I just, I hear my say starting to, like, started, like, you know, okay, normal. But then I heard myself, myself start to give him direction and telling what he did wrong and telling why he did it wrong. And then, you know, and then telling him tactics and strategy. The poor guy is a young guy. He's, you know, he's starting out and he has a challenge right now with a lot of injuries, so that was not the best approach. And I know if I would have been on the receiving end of that, and I get really intense when I talk. I, I'm, you know, I'm quiet, so people don't know how intense I can get, but I get intense. Not unpolite or insulting, but I do get intense. And there's an intensity about me that people kind of like get back once they see it. So, and then I, and I, you know, I thought about it later. I was like, I felt really bad. I sent him a text, I apologize. But just to let you know that I haven't really been you know, if, if there is any hypocrite <laughs> here. So let's start with this. Um, so the first question is, who am I really trying to please? So uh, I'll, whoever wants to answer this one, please. Otherwise, we're done. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I said I think most of the time as a group of people it is in, in, innate to please people mm-hmm. not necessarily the Lord so a hand over there too. Oh. 
being from experience, people will generally try to please other themselves along with anybody else out there because I know I'm a construction worker. That's what I do. But the person that we should be trying to please, the man upstairs, he's, well, for the most part, he's probably not too pleased with the way th- things have been going with the church. Because uh, we're trying to be going out there and telling the world about Jesus. And for the most part, people don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I've been a little hoarse. I was just thinking a lot about since we have we have four grown children, and off and on they've talked to me about kind of when they get to that point. Usually, it's in college where they've kind of been trying to please in some ways their parents. They're you know our kids. You may not think your children do, but they they are, and so they get to that place where they have to start asking themselves, "Who am I trying to please? Is it my parents?" What do I even think about God? What, who am I trying to please? So I think that happens sometimes. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Um, so who am I trying to please? Can we read the verse? Matthew 23, 5. Anybody can read the verse? Is that up there? Okay. So it says they do all their needs to be seen by others. Um, And I think part of the verse also talks about the boxes that they used to wear in their heads. Uh, They're called phylacteries. Basically, they wore these boxes. The Pharisees wore... This this passage is talking about Pharisees. So the Pharisees wore... They wore these boxes in their heads that had prayers in them. Specifically, they they made them longer and bigger so people could see how godly they were. They also had these tassels that normally they were I think they were to remind them of the Ten Commandments and they made them a lot longer so people could see how godly they were so that's kind of the idea uh, that they did things to be seen and I think sometimes we also do things to be seen you know uh, you know honestly I, I do just like everybody else uh, the next question is what need am I trying to meet so up there yeah Do we start, need to start calling out people? Yeah. <laughs> All right, there it goes. That works. I think a lot of people function a lot of the time from a place of um, trying to meet materialistic needs rather than putting spiritual needs first. I know for me, like for a large part of my life, I confuse spiritual needs with with like my own personal needs and so you tend to spiritualize things that aren't really needs if if that makes sense like whether it's with church or whether it's with your group or or your friends or or whatever you you create what you believe to be like a spiritual need but it's not it's a materialistic need or or it's some need that you have for self-esteem or for importance or or whatever those things are and then when that's not getting met it Affects and changes your behavior and become very critical and th- those types of things. So I think, you know, we have to be, I know for me particularly, I have to be very careful in identifying what I think I need and whether or not that's coming from the Lord or whether that's coming from a place of, of just something I want or my preference. 
Could we read the verse? Let me see. Is the verse out there yet? Okay. Can somebody look up um, Matthew, actually, Galatians 6.14? And read it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. So the, the need that we're, we're trying to meet sometimes is... is what we think we're trying to meet is not necessarily like we, what we should, we, sh- we should be looking for. What we should be looking for is to boast in the cross of Christ, not in our whatever it is that we're trying to meet. Uh, lately, I've been thinking about this a lot in my own career. Um, my company has a lot of things that have to do with status. Uh, for example, my boss, um, she gets uh, to drive um, BMW that the company gives her. Uh, the other VP gets to drive like an Audi. They don't really need the cars. I mean, they have their own cars. Um, and they were driving their own cars. My boss was driving her own car maybe like a couple of weeks ago. But in order to feel like they're all in the same status, you know, they have to get the company car because that's what the company gives. And they have to show that I'm driving the BMW because I'm the VP of finance. And I'm driving the Audi because I'm the VP of operations. But they don't really need that, you know? Same thing with us. We don't really need all this stuff. All we need is Christ, you know? And we ca- we're able to boast in the cross of Christ. That's all we need. So this was really great to, to read. Um, the next question is, what rewards am I seeking? Uh, anyone? Anyone? Uh-oh. <laughs> I think we seek the reward of everybody else giving us approval for what we've done mm-hmm. and making them happy makes us happy instead of seeking approval from God we seek it from other people how about the monetary reward or material things I feel some people expect that they will get something more physical out of God. But I've learned recently in my own personal life that it's more of a feeling. And feeling more or less like you've accomplished something with God. Sometimes I think it's even just a pat on the back. Like how many times have we done something... And I mentioned it, I know Wade knows, whether it's me or for me or for him, I'm like, well, nobody knows what you do or what, you know, uh, are you doing it 
for the pat on back. He, I mean, not, but sometimes you're waiting for that. Well, what? They didn't notice that I did all that. I'll just throw this out there because it was this week, but it's kind of like you. My, my partners and I were looking at just data around, uh, you know, workforce and, and job retention and, you know, trying to keep, you know, keep in line with what's going on trend-wise and making sure we have good conversations with the people that work for us about their, their state of mind and, and whether or not they're happy in their job or, or at least satisfied in their job. And what was interesting is looking at a lot of the reasons for why people leave their jobs honestly, salary is not number one. They, they're looking for respect. Uh, they're looking for a, awards from, from their boss. They're looking to be recognized. Um, and so these are all things like if you step outside of that and go, well, that's not, that's not a tangible, that's not a tangible thing. So just doing a good job and getting paid for it is by most people in society, not enough. And we tend to fall in that trap too. Because we, we play into it and we go, oh, well, I do need to give you some more respect or I, I do need to give you a title that's not really a title. I mean, we've got clients that, that talk about that all the time. Like we were even laughing at one of, one, of our, one of the presidents of one of our clients the other day. This guy had a title and we're like, what does that mean? He goes, we don't know. He just needed a title or he was going to leave. And so it's like he's not even getting a pay increase. He just has a title. Um, so I think it's like it's funny like to read that and looking at those types of things, which is very interesting. You would expect that like salary would be something that, that would be very important to people in terms of retaining jobs. And I think same thing kind of spiritually. We're looking for respect or for somebody to recognize us, or like Jesus said in the passage, you're looking for somebody to come to you father or priest or bishop or you know, or whatever it is, and if they don't, you've been disrespected or you you know, you're 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 looking for this reward that's from people. Um, that's completely outside of really anything you might even need. Yeah, so the Pharisees wanted to be called rabbi in the public places. They wanted to be at a banquet in the best seat in the house. That's not very different from where we are today. I mean, um, we want to be relevant. You know, we all want some type of relevance. Um, like Judy said, we want that patent back. But that's not necessarily what... Um, to be a, a, an authentic Christian is. So if we can read First uh, Corinthians 10.31, somebody can look it up and read it, please. <laughs> Bible, uh, what was that? Bible, yeah. Okay, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So, um, so we're being an authentic believer. What we want is to want to do it all for the glory of God. We don't want to have the glory or the reward. Our reward is really that God is glorified, but that is very hard, and it does is really countercultural. Like I said, even myself the other day, I was you know. Jen asked me, why are you talking about the company card that you bought got for the last two weeks? Why, why do you think I'm talking about the company card? I'm like, so we all, we all feel that way, you know, to be an authentic Christian is cutting culture. When you have to focus on, the, on, on giving God the glory and focus on, on you know, 
on doing it all for the glory of God, it's not really that easy. We're humans. But that's something we have to work on every day, and, and that's where we, we, we need to, you know, just be closer to God and be closer to each other so we can support each other. Um, I think the next question is, what am I trying to cover up? <laughs> Everybody else. <laughs> so, um, me personally, I'm very much a perfectionist, and I will work myself to exhaustion trying to please people. And sometimes there's a good motivation behind it because I'm a teacher and I want to do right by my students and my school, um, but it's because I'm horrifically insecure. And because I, because I don't, I don't lean into Christ and, and I don't see my, myself the way that he sees me and the worth that I have in him. Yeah, I was like, okay, we'll close the church. We're done. Drop the mic. <laughs> uh, David, you ready to say? No, just kidding. <laughs> Anybody else? Um, so the passage says that it refers to the Pharisees. They were trying to, with the big boxes on their foreheads and the long tassels and all that, they were trying to cover up that they were actually not doing what they were saying. They were sending everybody else to do things, but they themselves were not not actually doing the work. They were not really behaving like authentic Christians. And um, for us, like, you know, we, we, we try to cover up different things. I don't think it's one specific thing for any one of us. But for me, for example, maybe sometimes I'm overly quiet because if you hear me speak, you will know how arrogant sometimes I tend to be. So maybe that's what I'm trying to cover up, you know. And uh, the people that are closer to me, they know, uh, they know that that's something I struggle with. So, you know, so everyone, we're all trying to cover up different things. Uh, can somebody read um, James 5, 16? Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So when we're being unauthentic, we're being hypocritical. We're trying to cover up things. But an authentic Christian is one that will confess to one another their sins, that we would, you know, lay it all out there and pray for one another, support one another. And that's to be an authentic Christian. And this is the awkward moment that you can come up because <laughs> I think unless anybody has any more answers anybody else have anything praise team's going to come up and lead us in another song um, yeah and y'all y'all give Pablo a hand I know he wasn't looking for that but and out now I realize that we can put him in the rotation and uh, have him speaking a little more often you know uh, I really appreciate Pablo uh, coming up here. I know it was it's a stretch for him. Um, and then to, to do all that, and I'm going to correct one thing he said. Because he said that yesterday he got frustrated with the coach and he was acting hypocritically. 
but I disagree. He may have lost his cool or said some things he shouldn't say, but he confessed it, and he confessed it to you. That's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is that coach deserved it, so that's why I said it. Okay? So let's... I'm just, just wanting to point out that he was being authentic. He was not being a hypocrite. And doesn't mean, because basically what we're saying is, if we say that that's hypocritical, then anytime we sin, we're being hypocritical. And that's not biblical. Hypocrisy is, I sin, I enjoy it, I'm going to keep doing it, you can't correct me. Um, and so, as we're thinking on that, that that's brings up our first point on being an authentic Christian. Is that we are... To be honest with ourselves. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you indeed fail to meet the test? Now, I've heard people take this passage and abuse people with it. You know, you need to test yourself all the time. If you sin, every time you sin, you need to go back and see if you're really saved. Well, no. That's not what it's saying. What, what Paul is dealing with there in, in Corinth is a group of people who were basically living and doing their own thing and calling themselves believers. And he's saying, you need to just, you need to check this out. But even when you test it, the test doesn't come down to whether or not you're doing good things or being a good person. What's the test? Is Christ Jesus in you? Yeah, that's that's the, really the key there, because we all are going to sin from time to time. We all are going to blow it, but the question is, is Christ in us? We need to, to be willing to honestly look at our lives. I remember as a 17-year-old, I'd given my heart to the Lord at eight years old. There were some things in my life as a teenager that weren't necessarily honoring to the Lord. And so I started going to a different church, and this guy that was speaking just really challenged me. And I had to go home and say, Lord, is what happened when I was eight real? Or do I need to, to get saved and get, you know, and go through the whole process again? And I really processed that for a long time. Partly because I didn't want to be embarrassed and go back and say it didn't happen when I was eight. Partly because I didn't want to be part of the in crowd because at that point in time, everybody was getting rebaptized, you know. And I don't know what really what that meant because I know some of those people after that. But, but the point was I, I had to really just spend some time and say, Lord, was what happened to me when I was eight real? A friend of mine asked me, wait, are you just programmed or are you converted? You know, because I had grown up in church. I'd been in Sunday school every day of my life. I could win in the sword drills. I, you know, I could quote the, all the books of the Bible. I could, you know, I'd memorize scripture but what, I knew all the right answers in for Sunday school. But has God really changed who I am? Because there were some areas of my life that weren't honoring to him. Now, for me, as I processed through that, I truly came to believe and understand that when I was eight years old, God did a work in my life. Otherwise, the things that I did and that weren't honoring to him, I wouldn't be convicted about. The Holy Spirit was living in me, convicting me, I didn't feel the necessity to get saved again or to re, be rebaptized. Re but for me, I had to sit and say, am I truly an authentic believer? Is Christ truly real in my life? And I think we need to constantly 
not, not go back and revisit that because we know we're believers if we, if we are believers, but constantly examine, are we doing what we're called to do? Because what happens is in Matthew 23, Jesus is saying, look, these guys tell you to do one thing, but they do something totally different. Now, what they're telling you to do is biblical. That's what you see all the time when people talk about the church being full of hypocrites. It's not that the person saying what they're saying is wrong. It's a biblical truth that you need to live this way. It's that they're telling you, you need to live this way, but I don't have to. And so that's what he's saying. These guys, they're teaching you. What they're teaching you, listen to. Just don't do what they do. And so we need to constantly be asking ourselves. And so it's okay to admit that we struggle. It's okay to admit that we're insecure or we're prideful or we, we want a pat on the back or whatever it is. It's okay to admit those things because that keeps us honest with ourselves that we're not better than we think we are. And, and, and I don't want to get into the whole discussion, but the whole issue of low self-esteem most of the time is really a high self-esteem. Because when you say, I'm not worthy, what you're saying is, everybody's not treating me like I need to be treated. Uh, you know, and so I, I really deserve better. Now, I'm not saying that's true across the board, but that's the way we normally feel, is I should get something better than that. When we realize that there's a balance in the Scriptures, that without Christ, we can do nothing. But with Christ, we can do all things. And we walk in that tension all the time that if it's up to me, then I'm going to blow it every time. But if it's up to me walking in Christ, then I'm going to do the right thing and do what he's called me to do each time. So we need to be honest with ourselves. We also need to be honest with each other. James says, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, I've seen people probably even myself included when I, in my younger days, take this passage and say, well, I blew it, so I'm going to stand up in front of the church and confess my sin. Now, is that ne- wrong? Not necessarily. But are you doing it so that everybody comes up and puts their arm around you and go, oh, that's not that bad. Come on, you know. Okay, yeah, it's all right, buddy. Boys will be boys, you know. I mean, I, because you, you won't... You're confessing your sin, not because you feel guilty about it, but because you want everybody to to make you feel better because you're feeling pretty miserable at the time. The confessing to one another is in the context of small group, of people that you trust, that you can share with, that you can say, you know what? I blew it yesterday. I blew it this morning. I need your help. I need you to pray for me. I need you to give me the strength. I need you because you say, well, we need Christ to give us the strength. That's true. But Christ has put us in community to strengthen and help one another. So we confess our sins to one another. We don't pretend to be something we're not. I mean, I'd really appreciate that about City Church. I've been in churches where even as the person standing up front, I've got to almost try to pretend to be something I'm not. And I can't just be open and honest and say stupid things from time to time and people don't throw me off the stage. I can just be myself because I know by being myself... You guys know who I am. I'm honest with myself. I'm honest with you. And we grow together. Because you realize that just because I'm sitting up here, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, just because I'm sitting up here, it's not a better position. It's just using the gifts that God has given me, and it's a more responsible 
position, that I'm going to have to stand in judgment for what I say and do up here. And so, so it's not a hierarchy. It never has been, even though we tend to do that in the church. So, so we've got to be honest with others. We also need to be honest with the Lord. You know, that, that seems kind of strange when you think about the fact that God knows everything. How do you lie to him? You know, I mean, he knows the truth. But, but it's really, it comes back to almost being honest with yourself, really, because you're, you're saying, I didn't really do that. <laughs> and God's going, you know, I, I didn't miss it. I, I wasn't asleep yesterday. I, I saw what you did. You know, but, so we've got to be honest. He says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. See, it's not that if I say I didn't do anything wrong that I'm lying. Yes, I am, but I'm calling God a liar too. I'm saying that your word is not true. When you say that what I did was sin, that's not true. And so we've got to be totally vulnerable with one another. But how do we do that? I read a quote, I think it was this morning or yesterday, I don't remember which time it was, saying that we, we basically go to church the same way we go to the movies. We go and sit in a room facing one direction with a bunch of people we don't know to be entertained, to leave, and never talk to them. I thought, man, that's, that's scary. That's not what Christ has called us to be. He's called us to be a community that are there to build up one another, to help one another, to strengthen one another, to be vulnerable, to talk with one another. I was sharing with Zoltan and and David this morning when I was in Texas. I would always kind of post ahead of time what I was going to be speaking on on the Sunday morning. And one Sunday we were speaking on forgiveness. And about two songs into the message, a lady in the back raises her hand. I said, yeah, what's going on? She said, well, I, I see we're talking about forgiveness today. But she said, I'm just going to tell you right now, my daughter's dating a guy who's beating her. And I have no desire whatsoever to forgive him. I want to take him out back. How do I deal with that? That was church that morning. We didn't have a message. We didn't sing anymore. Everybody in that building poured into her, prayed for her, shared some advice, strengthened her, do whatever we can to help her in that situation. And, and, and I know, I've been in churches long enough to know that sometimes, I'm one that if you, if you don't understand what's going on and you, or you want to say something, always feel free to raise your hand. Now, I know that scares the daylights out of some people. Because you don't know what the person's going to say. But the person is here because God has them here. And there's a need and we need to help each other with those needs. So hypocritical is when people walk in that door and go, this whole group of people have it all together. I don't fit in. Or this whole group of people turned around and stared at me when I walked in. He said, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it does. I had a friend that quit a youth ministry because a kid in his youth group had long hair and he went and sat on the front row of the church and the deacons asked him to leave. It happens. 
So what are we going to be as a church? Now, does this kind of honesty and openness and vulnerability grow a church to five, 6,000 people? Not usually. Not that there's anything wrong with those churches, but the point is, if you're going to have a church that size, you need to have the small groups that are people pouring into one another. But right now, God has allowed us to be a small group, and that's okay. We're not here about numbers. We're here to be authentic believers, helping one another be all that God has called us to be so that we can impact West Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina, the United States, and the world with the gospel. That's what we're about. It's not about looking good, sounding good, having everything perfect, and, and everybody knowing, you know, that, that your testimony is great. It's got to be three minutes and 32 seconds because we're timed. And if you don't get in that three minutes and 32 seconds, you're going to be in trouble. You know, we've got to be careful with those kind of things. And I'm not saying we're there. But I'm saying that it's exciting to see that we can be vulnerable. And that's what this whole series is about. Every one of us come on Sunday morning with baggage that we bring with us. Every one of us come knowing there's at least something, at least a hard attitude or something that we need to confess and deal with and get right with the Lord. And we're, none of us are coming here saying, I've got it all together. And so don't ever think that you can come to City Church and you, you are not loved and welcome. If you ever feel that in this auditorium, in this meeting with this group of people, you come find me and tell me that you didn't feel loved because we'll deal with it right then. Sometimes it may just be your own personal thing that you felt weird, but sometimes it may be somebody's treating you bad. That's not what this is about. We are here to love one another and to love Christ. That's what he told us to do, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The two greatest commandments. So as we continue next week and the next week in our messed up series... Don't be afraid to come because you might be called on because so far we had not called on you. Raise your hand. I'm not saying it won't happen, but I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> so, so let's pray. Lord, thank you so much.